This is The Journey's Podcast, and I'm your host, Mark Stolo. Today I'm talking with David Frank Gomes. David has been referred to as a relentless idealist, practical thinker, sounding board, and someone who provides a refreshingly fresh perspective. He combines the ancient wisdom of mindfulness with the structure of contemporary coaching for creating dynamic pathways for change and healing. David wants to invite you to embrace your own inner wisdom and become your own best life coach in order to achieve your deepest dreams and desires. This is a unique kind of journey because you're inspiring people to become their own life coach, which essentially means that you're putting yourself out of business through this journey. (laughs) This is the logical problem with this journey is by virtue of imparting this wisdom, you now have to go become a baker. Oh, that's terrible. I'm not very good at measuring. Before we get into what it means to be your own best life coach, why do you think it's difficult for people to be their own life coach? I think that we all get into our own feedback loops and we have our blind spots. And, you know, life is complex. It's speedy. And so sometimes these um, principles... Uh, they, they become obscured. So in one sense, you can't actually become your own life coach, but you can develop um, high-impact ideas that can help you um, and guide you on your journey. I don't think there's anything quite like having someone in your life as a mentor or a coach or a, a guide or a teacher. Like It's not a substitute for that, but what I... What I am trying to share with people is some very simple, what I would consider high-impact ideas that um, will nourish you in your life and keep you moving in a direction that is satisfying. Yeah, direction is an important theme that comes up in your journey quite a bit, and it's a metaphor that, in particular, the early part of your journey that you lean on quite a bit. Can you talk about the idea of developing or creating your own compass in life? What does that mean, why that's important? Yeah, the compass statement is something I developed you know, for my clients, and we use it usually every new year, but you can use it anytime. And it's just a way of kind of, um, it's, it's, it's a guidepost on your journey. And um, it's a very simple, elegant exercise, but it's, it's something that you can call on once you've created a compass statement, and then in this process, you you turn it into a word, a mantra. So, you know, Steve Jobs' compass statement was, in 1980, was to make a contribution to the world by making tools for the mind that advance humankind. Amazing. His word probably would have been innovation. My compass statement for the year was to be a kind, loving resource to all cross my path and reflect the wisdom of mindfulness in action. And I reduced it to a Buddhist word called Kalyamita, which means spiritual friendship or noble companionship. So just creating that already gives you this ecosystem that you you can call on this thing and remind yourself. It's not complicated. It doesn't take, you know, three years to figure it out. And then as you're moving through the world, you might adjust it. But that's something I carry with me everywhere. Um, Deceptively simple, highly effective. 
And you note that it's different than a goal because I think the temptation would be to frame it as a goal. You know, I want to be wealthy. I want to have a big house. I want to have a job that I love and a partner that's, you know, wonderful in every way. It's different than a goal. How is it different than a goal, a compass statement? Destinations are endpoints. Goals are endpoints. Journeys are learning paths of possibilities. So um, a goal is something that you check off and then you tell me it's done. Okay, good. A value, um, a, a compass statement is something you carry with you. You carry the map with you. It lives with you. It grows with you. It's not a destination. It's not a point, you know, like a line you cross. So in one sense, it's much more valuable because it there are moments when you just have to call on it and realize, is this in alignment with my compass? Mm -hmm. um, so I like it because it's simple and elegant. And I wanted to create a journey that was also was a bit fun. You know, it wasn't just a lot of heavy lifting. So the beginning is of this journey is kind of fun. You get to do a soundtrack, you get to do a compass statement. Um, and that's something you can share with your family too, you know kids should have compass statements you know your whole family can do these things and create these soundtracks because personal development can also be um you know curiously enjoyable um and fun and i think it gets a bad rap sometimes as uh, as boot camp and um homework you know homework and yeah. so i've tried to to, to create some just little uh, small ideas that actually work you know because i i think that's one of the big assumptions in our world people are always looking for complexity they're looking for big and shiny and new so on this journey you'll find small not shiny and old <laughs> old ancient simple wisdom for everyday life yeah, well, D David Kane came out with something a couple of years ago that I loved, you know. It was like the year of depth, go deep, not wide. So he suggested don't buy any more self-help books. Read the books on your bookcase. Mm -hmm. Don't learn anything new. Get better at what you're already doing. Incredibly valuable wisdom. So that sort of baked into this, this journey is um, let's go deep with what we have. Um, use what we have, do what we can, and, and not have to add anything in. And that actually is quite refreshing. It gives people a, they heave a sigh of relief, right? You explore something else in this journey that I thought seems to be like a tension point, but it's not, and I'd be curious to get your take on it. The, the straddling the line between being a dreamer and being in touch with reality as it is. Because you talk about both the dream and the aspiration and also getting friendlier, as you like to say, with the present moment through practices like mindfulness, which is a strong feature and a backbone of your, of your practices within this journey. How does one stay in tune with how things are and still maintain this kind of aspirational dream quality of what could be? Well, that's a big question. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to support people to become dreamers who do. So, you know, the metaphor is feet on the ground, 
there's a practical element, head in the clouds. There's an element of dreaming, of possibility, of what I call beginner's mind or big sky mind, the mind of possibilities. Um, one of the ways I do it is I, I take the I out of what I'm doing. So instead of me saying, I'm knitting a sweater for Mark, I say, how is what I'm doing serving life? Oh, well, I'm going to give Mark a sweater and it's going to keep him warm in the winter and it's going to show that I care about him. So I'm trying to take the eye out of it, depersonalize it, and figure out how is it serving. So that's one, one really effective way that I think you can do that. But it is a tension. There's a tension between the coaching element, being a life coach, that's very external focused. It's putting values to work in the world. It's action-oriented, and it's about creation. Mindfulness has a completely different set of values in a sense, right? So on the surface, they look like paradoxical ideas. But really what mindfulness is saying, you're responsible for the action. You're responsible for the moment that you're in. You're not responsible for the outcome. The outcome is beyond your control. And so they actually work quite well together. The reason I bring these two ideas together in everything I do is because coaching is not enough. It's just, it's externally focused. And um, that is very uninteresting after a while because it does not lead to the, the levels of happiness, fulfillment, and insight that something like meditation and mindfulness can deliver, which makes you intuitive become a dreamer but then there's this practical aspect that you have to infuse into the world because it's a material world yeah and just a sidebar for that sweater that you're knitting for me no mohair um are you allergic i find it itchy <laughs> it's gonna take me about 12 years to knit it so no worries <laughs> we'll be serving the world but not for 12 years perfect yeah, you. One of the things you talk about in like in the world of coaching, self coaching, self help, because those things sometimes become synonymous. Is and then the counterbalance of the inner work is the difference between like platitudes um, and persuasion, and and thinking we can always talk ourselves into or constantly just be inspiring ourselves into some meaningful change, kind of from the outside in, right? Like finding the pom poms the perennial pom-poms in our life and cheering ourselves on to um, yeah. just, here's a different thought, you know, hang in there, kitty. You just need the right poster on your wall. And that will just, that will, that will move you. But you're saying something different. Like you're saying there's, there's an inner architecture to the experience of real meaningful growth and transformation. What's the, well, what's the quality of that inner, that inner orientation? There has to be a context to what you're up to. You have to find a bigger context to make life work in a way that feels satisfying. And so in coaching, we're trying to do a few things. We're trying to figure out, like, how did we get to this place that we're in right now? Where do we think we'd like to go? What do we think is stopping us? And what will we ultimately focus on? And so it, because it's such a noisy world and there is so much so much pom-pom, stuff out there. There's so much platitude, there's so much self-help nonsense. Um, it actually makes people feel quite bad. And so 
what I'm trying to do is, is, is fine tune the signal to noise ratio. So there's a lot of noise out there and people can't hear the signal. They can't hear what's really going on. And your mind is like a radio. I'm old fashioned, so I have a radio, not a TV. And you know, it's, it's got an old tuner. And so if you don't tune it in properly, you get a lot of static. And that's what I think we're seeing out there is all this static, all this noise. And so um, what I do is create a supportive ecosystem and then curate ideas that I've seen, tried myself, I know they work, introduce them to people, and then they iterate, they, they experiment. So there's a big portion of experimentation in this journey, right? It's like becoming a scientist in your own life going out, getting real-world feedback, and coming back and going, you know, this actually is pretty interesting. It worked better than I thought it would. So um, we're trying to get to the heart of all these assumptions about how we think life works, what it all means. And so you really need an inner component for that, your inner compass, and then you need strategies, roadmaps, support, and encouragement. But not raw 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 encouragement it's not that's not how it works um I, I don't know if i explained that well but no i think you did and i think that one thing you touched on that i i had a conversation about this this morning just by chance the importance of experimentation of you know the buddhist might say right effort um but it's an effortful experience to go out in the world and try new things this is this is the value of practice you might be learning practices that are grounded in ancient wisdom they still have to be practiced you are still experimenting there is still a canvas that you are painting on um, and i think that's where there's a bit of the difference in coaching methodologies that lean a lot on platitudes or thou shalts which is again i have the answer here is the answer adopt that, you'll be fine. Um, which doesn't serve a lot of people well, and to your point, I think frustrates a lot of people. Particularly because everyone's path is unique, and even though there are perennial wisdoms, they are most perennial wisdoms are, are practiced, executed in some way. There's, there's a, an experience that comes along with them. Yeah, I mean, what you're describing would be more considered consulting. And there are times where that's highly effective. If somebody wanted to understand how to build a coaching business, I could certainly give them some pretty hardcore advice. And, you know, it would be valuable to them, much more valuable than someone who doesn't know anything about it. But in the coaching space, I don't need to have the same experience as you. I don't need to know anything about your history. I don't need to know really anything about you. It works in a much more magical and curious way. And um, so it's a question of, you know, what I've realized is that there are two types of people. There are people that, um, well, actually three. In the Tao Te Ching, it says that when, when a wise man hears about the way, he immediately embodies it. And when an ordinary man hears of the way, he kind of half believes it and half doubts it. And when a fool hears of the way, he laughs out loud. Didn't laugh, it wouldn't be the way. It's the same with coaching. 
Uh, some people think it's a luxury, like personal development is a luxury. Um, may, I can't afford it. Some people think it's a necessity. And some people just think it's stupid. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm the guy that thinks it's a necessity. So, you know, I, I, I build everything around. It's not just about stuff and building stuff and making more stuff. It, that's a part of it. But actually, as people get into the process, they realize that there's a lot more going on. And it's really about how can I navigate through my life and feel satisfied, feel a reason for being, feel my life is valuable, um, feel that I'm effective at how I navigate through personal challenges. And so, you know, I think that's valuable. And I've tried to uncomplicate it and make it elegant and simple and provide some, some very basic tools um, you know, mindfulness is, is ridiculously simple, um, but also incredibly complicated to practice well. And um, so what do people do? They look for complicated solutions that have these big whole things around them and courses. And they, they have trouble returning to simplicity. So... Um, I think that's that's a modern kind of affliction. Yeah, it's like complicated um, exercise equipment in a way. I think that's a fair analogy. Like, you can do so much from a physical exercise perspective with that one ounce of equipment, and yet there are the most complicated pieces of equipment out there to get you moving, to get your get you into physical fitness. I think it's an apt analogy. And sometimes we buy into these systems because we're buying into the secret desire to want to do it. But when it comes to the execution, the piece of equipment is just gathering dust in the basement or in the garage. Yeah, you see that a lot in in this work because people are like, well, I want to learn the guitar, but I want to play like Prince, so I need his setup. You know, Prince could have walked into a second-hand shop and probably made a broom sound good. Like, he could have done it with a broom. So it's clearly not about the gear in one sense. It's really about, you know, starting from the inside and working your way out. And so there's a couple of pieces that people tend to miss, like the compass statement and the inspiration. Like, everybody needs an inspirational reason to take a journey. Most people forget that. So I've kind of baked in what I think are a few kind of inspiring and fun ideas. And, you know, the experimental kind of ecosystem is really fun. And I've designed, you know, like a whole process for people to learn how to do that. And um, it's incredible what some people end up doing just from experimenting. Because it lowers the fight or flight or paralyzation is what we're trying to do. We're trying to tiptoe around the fears that tend to prevent people from actually getting somewhere interesting. How do we do it? Low cost, low pressure experiments. Yeah, what I'm particularly grateful for is that people will be able to get into a conversation with you through this journey. I mean, you have a style that is very... Um, approachable, intimate from the journey's perspective and then through the actual app experience that they'll actually be able to dialogue with you through the app and, and what they're experiencing through this journey and where things like a compass statement are, how it's influencing their perspective. 
I'm not really a big fan of trying to convince anyone of anything. I think they have to convince themselves. But I do feel like when they enter my ecosystem, they get a pretty clear example very quickly. Yeah. My values are present and accounted for in my life. Yeah, that, that's. I, I think you just hit the nail on the head of what makes for a brilliant mentor, coach, support. Someone who really deeply embodies what they speak and you feel it and it permeates you know, kind of it sweats through their pores and they, they're sweating it out. I mean, and that's the, I think the difference they've done the grunt work. It's, it's such a critical differentiator because I think that there's a lot of, I think when you talk about the third person who thinks that the world of personal development or personal growth is a bit of a joke is because there is a side of this space that is a little awkwardly funny at times. You know, where there's a lot of representation, but not a lot of manifestation or clear people clearly incarnating this in their lives. Um, and I can say with like total sincerity that you and the other mentors that are in our network are deeply embedded in their craft um, and they're living through their craft. It's one of the important criteria of the kinds of mentors that we work with because we want the members who come in to feel that in the journeys that they go on that these are real people who have been through real experiences and they can meet me really where I am. Yeah, there's no, you can't, you know, th there's just a certain point where you can't fake this stuff. But, um, you know, in the wisdom traditions, we say everybody gets the teacher they deserve. Some people need different types of teachers. And um, fair enough, you know, I'm not here to judge the process of how people are doing things. Um, we're not asking ourselves big enough questions for the most part. And um, so I think there are just certain ideas that um, are much more high impact. And as we learn some of these skills, you know, the ability to experiment, the ability to be kind of clear on, a, on our compass, um, the ability to be able to inspire ourselves, like to find inspirational hooks, um, the ability to work with challenging situations and not get completely blown off course. Um, the ability to stay into process and not go into outcome. This is another very important piece. Um, if people follow these principles, they always get somewhere interesting. I don't, they just, because they work. Yeah. And I don't even know why the system works. Like there's something magical about masterful coaching sometimes i don't know who's giving and who's receiving but the space has this this ability to create transformation if the principles that are being used are sound and i believe they are yeah and, uh, and you're right that they're extremely pragmatic yeah like they're very pragmatic this is the thing about the the world of quote-unquote personal development or personal growth people think it's well it's about pie in the sky and finding your zen and chilling out, man. And it's really more about learning to be skillful in your life and actually being very adaptable. Like the one thing I remark brilliantly about the Dalai Lama, other people have done deep internal work. It's, it's amazing that no matter what context you put them in, they're extremely adaptable. They can be very thoughtful about a range of things because they're kind of very tuned in. As you say, their dial, their radio dial is very, very honed in. 
uh, they're very, they, you know, the clarity of mind, um, the skillful means of being present in a moment, present with situations, makes them extremely skillful at life. And also, you know, very resilient. I mean, take the Dalai Lama, for example. He has spent his entire adult life in exile. He will never see his home again. Thousands of monks have been murdered. Some of the most beautiful temples have been destroyed. Uh, it's genocide. And, and yet he, he has within him the strength, the courage, the resilience to even accept what must be incredibly painful, even for him, I would consider a great enlightened being. And um, so I, I think there are important lessons in the wisdom traditions. And I think when you combine them with this element of coaching, which is how you want to push your values out into the world and create some frameworks, um, you have a really dynamic way of um, moving through the world, um, creating experiences you'd like to have, and being um, also a support for others as you learn some of these things. It, it enables you to, to, to also go, where, where does the world need my support? Right? Because you need support and you need to give support. It's, it's a two-way street. And so I, I find sometimes after people coach for a while they, they say things like you know I had this great conversation with my you know friend and I was really able to help him you know because I, I, I thought about some of these mindfulness things we've talked about it that's always exciting yeah, right totally it's the space of waking up our, our wisdom and, and journeying together you know the the, the, the journeys app is, is is a metaphor for everyone like we're all on this journey and so find high quality journeys to go on yeah right yeah and we all need great companions in our life great companions to ourselves and certainly great companions to others uh you know the dalai lama is you know the personification of the bodhisattva the you know the one who brings whose fundamental reason in life is to bring enlightenment to others um that's a great gift that you bestow on others as you go through your own journey is the ability to be present with them, to be open to them, to give them permission to be open with themselves. Those are some of the great residual gifts that, that grow out of a coaching experience. And certainly things that I believe will grow out of people going on this journey with you. Keep on exploring. David invites you to go on a huddle journey into thinking small and making big changes.